Congratulations to Paul Swan, host of The Drive, for capturing the prestigious 2024 West Virginia Broadcasters Association Excellence in Broadcasting Award for Best Talk Show. Tune in to Paul during your drive home weekdays at 5.06 p.m. on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30 present The Drive. It is Thursday, January 4th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're going to open up the phone lines this hour. We'll get the text machine going right now at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll get a Marshall basketball win to talk about. The Thundering Herd getting the win on the road against Louisiana Monroe last night, 68-57. Herd's now 2-0 in Sunbelt play. Obina Anicilli killing had a great game. He did. He had a really good game last night. He was probably the reason why the Thundering Herd was able to to pull that out. And and I say pull that out ironically here because Obina in that game had 20 points, and he was pretty good from the field, 7 of 12. Now, you had Cam Kerfman have 14 points, and there were some good performances as well. But the thing here with this game is I thought Marshall was just going to shut the door completely on ULM in that second half, but instead, I don't know what happened. They just couldn't get a bucket for a while. They went cold. I hadn't seen a herd team go that cold in a while, but they still had enough to get it done, and they made some key shots in the end. That's the good thing about the game. They were able to pull it out, and I say that they never trailed. I'm acting like they were down from you know, a, a big score. They got down, and, and then they had to come back and win it. No, they pull it out. They it felt for a while that ULM was actually going to get back in the game. I mean, it didn't feel that way a couple of nights ago when they played Louisiana that, okay, Marshall's got this. I kind of felt that all the way in that game. With this one, I was listening to it, watching it, and I'm thinking, they're going to they're going to blow this. They might blow this. They have a big lead, a big cushy lead, and they might blow this. And I was concerned, absolutely concerned about what was going to happen last night. But they got the win. Dan D'Antoni spent a few minutes talking to us last night, and he pointed out some things that they got to get better on. All right, so, you know, we just got to make key plays. They got to understand, you know, when it comes down, we had a couple wide-open threes, two free throws we missed. You got to make them, and that that extends the game. The game's over. But uh, you know what? A good win on the road. I think that's the first that we've done back-to-back wins. We got to take this thing down to Texas and see what we can do. So that's Dan pointing out, obviously, what the team needs to do. And so Dan was asked the question, you know, what was it about them in the second half? You know, was it your shot selection? Was it their defense? What was it? Dan actually thought they had pretty good shot selection in the game. Uh, I, I thought shot selection was good. Kevon missed one in the corner that could have iced the game. It's wide open. Uh, uh, Wyatt missed two free throws at a key moment. Then he missed an open wide three. You know, you got to make those kind, you know. Uh, if it doesn't, it's going to get like this. But I thought, you know, we held our poise. We made the last four free throws, I think, ice to game. And, again, we're we're learning what you got to do to win ball games. We're not – it's going to be a little hit and miss. It's a better hit and miss than what it used to be. So, we're, we're getting a little bit better. We just got to keep improving each game. 
That's Dan D'Antoni. After the game, we'll hear a little bit more from him later on. We'll get your text in as well and your reaction to the game. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. From the text line, good win for the Herd despite cold shooting in the second half. Kudos to the defense that tightened when needed. Let's continue the winning streak on the road. Go Herd. we got football to get into as well. So we found out today the crossover opponents. Now every year we get to find out which teams from the west side will Marshall face. And it's going to be Southern Miss and ULM. So ULM, Marshall's going to play host to ULM. ULM last year went 2-10, and 0-8 in conference play. Just abysmal. And the Herd's got to travel to Southern Miss for the upcoming season. Southern Miss in the last season, 3-9, and 2-6. and six. Did the Herd get lucky in the draw? The Herd got lucky this time as far as which West opponents it drew. Now, I say that. I say that. But Marshall 6-8 all-time against Southern Miss. Last time these two teams met, it was a loss in Hattiesburg, 2018, 26-24. Marshall's lost the last three against Southern Miss. Marshall also is 0-1 against ULM. Last time that these two teams met, 1987. It was in Pocatello, Idaho. It was a 43-42 loss for the 1AA National Championship under the name of Northeast Louisiana University. So name change withstanding. Marshall has not yet beaten ULM. Got it off their back. They got the win against ULM in basketball. Now they got to get the win against ULM in football. It's a revenge game. That's right. 1987 revenge is finally coming. That's going to happen at home. It's like when the herd brought in Catawba all those years after losing the Tangerine Bowl to get that revenge. Some of you might not remember that. I was there at Fairfield Stadium. You bring Catawba in. Marshall is definitely a higher division team at the time. And you just trounce them. They get a paycheck. You get to avenge the loss. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to go the same way here for ULM. But that's what your West schedule looks like. So you've got all your East Division foes. And then those are your two crossover games. We'll get the full schedule later on this year. Maybe before March. Hopefully before March. So we'll have an idea of what the schedule looks like. I think the Herd got lucky. I say that now, but with the transfer portal and everything that goes on on a yearly basis, I don't know if I'm overlooking ULM. That game's at home, so I feel good about it. And you're traveling to Southern Miss, and I don't care. Southern Miss is always good when it plays the Thundering Herd. So maybe the Herd got lucky, maybe not. But it's been a while since we've seen Southern Miss. And I like Southern Miss. That's why I'm glad that Marshall's in Sunbelt with Southern Miss. I always was a fan of Southern Miss on the basketball side and the football side. And I felt this way, and I believe this truly. When Southern Miss was good, Conference USA was good. Now, I don't know if one relates to the other, but I always felt like if Southern Miss was one of your flag bearers in your league, the league is doing well. That's the respect I have for that program. Been down a bit. I'd like to see Southern Miss back up. I like the program. I think it's a program that if it's good again, it could carry some national weight. And again, I know Marshall or any team out of the Sun Belts looking to get into the postseason didn't happen with the Access Bowl, the New York Six Bowl. That honor went to Liberty. And Liberty got trounced. Not making a good case for, for group of five schools, or at least not making a good case. I think that was a bad decision. Liberty was not the best G5 team out there. Should not have been in that situation. 
but hopefully Marshall or one of these teams. And if you're, you know, for a while, you thought it might have been Southern Miss. Formula kept changing. I mean, there was a time where, you know, we would have went to the, you know, the BCS rankings. Marshall would have been right there back in the day. So that's what it looks like for the schedule. I'm excited. Marshall Southern Miss on the road, ULM and Huntington. Get that revenge for 1987, right? How many of you actually remember 1987? I'm curious today. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. We're going to talk about this basketball game a little bit further with you, and we're going to hear from Obina Anichili Killen. Obina might have a career as a coach. He's got an idea for the game on Saturday. Hurd's taking on Texas State. We'll go back and look a little bit at this game last night. Look ahead to the game against Texas State with Obina. We'll hear from Dan D'Antoni as well, and we'll hear from you. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Thursday edition. It's January 4th. Hope you're enjoying a good start to your new year. Thundering Herd's enjoying a good start to the new year. Now 2-0 in league play. The Herd improving to 7-8 after the victory last night over ULM. Thundering Herd in the win shot 41.4% compared to ULM's 32.2. Herd was 24-58. ULM was 19-59. of Here's the real telling number. Three-pointers, Marshall was 9-27, of 33.3%. ULM, 1-15. 6.7%. They just made one three-pointer. Free throws could have been better. Marshall shot 59.7% there, made 11 of 19. ULM, 18 to 26 for over 69%. Rebounding battle, Marshall won that by one. Usually ULM actually out-rebounds its opponents. Marshall got the one-plus advantage there. Assist, Marshall had 20 assists. ULM only 12, so that's a good indicator right there. Yeah, turnover battle, though. ULM had 16 turnovers. Marshall had 15. The difference here is Marshall only gave up 12 points off those 15 turnovers. ULM gave up 16 points. It's a small difference, but everything helps. I think the assists say a little bit more about the game flow last night. I think the free throws could have been better for the Herd. Herd got cold, but there were some standouts in this game last night. We mentioned one earlier, Obina and Achille Killen. 7 of 12, he was 1 of 2 from the three-point line. 5 of 9 from the free-throw line. Had 9 rebounds. If he could have got one more, he would have had a double-double. Speaking of double-double machines, Nate Martin in the game had 7 points. 7 points, 8 rebounds. I hope to see more out of Nate on Saturday. That's the Texas State game. The Thundering Herd getting the victory. Dan D'Antoni talked a little bit about the progress of his team. There were some things out there, even though the herd kind of had to hang on and they had some struggles in that second half. Dan, he was really excited about the way some of the players are shaping up and the way this thing is going, including Obina and Achille Killen. 20 points, nine rebounds. You know what? Uh, who would ever thunk it is all I'm going to tell you. I don't – let me see what he was from three. One of two from three, 50% shooting uh, 47 for the year. Who would have thunk it? But uh, you know what? Proud of him. He's put the work in. He does what he's supposed to do. He plays hard. And he's defensively a lot of the things you don't see that he fills gaps and stops penetrations, get back to his man. Uh, just a superhuman being and also a very good player. 
That's not all. Dan had some positive things to say about several of his players. Yeah, more importantly, Dan was happy. You know, there's some things he's got to clean up, obviously. You know, that's a coach cliche, and we use it as well. But there were things that Dan, he had some bright spots in this game. I thought the other one is Jacob Connor growing, nine assists, one turnover, seven rebounds, nine, uh, nine assists, nine points. You know what? He's getting better and better at that position. And uh, those two had really good games. Kerfman was Kerfman. We got to get a little bit more out of Kevon, a little bit more out of Wyatt. Uh, Nate, uh, they had a little tougher time this time. They were big and they were physical inside, but uh, he still gives you the effort that Nate's to win. He stepped up there, probably one of our worst free throw shooters, and knocks the two down at the end of a ball game. That's the difference. You got to be, you know, you got to step up there, man up sometimes. And uh, he does. That's Dan D'Antoni. After the game, Heard gets the win over ULM 68 to 57. One of the players we mentioned that had a pretty good game was Obina Anachidley Killen. I asked him last night in the postgame, you know, just to rate his performance. Well, I think we can do, we can do better. We need to learn how to start closing our games, especially in the second half. I mean, we'll open that team by 18. And for us to be a good team, we need to be up by 30, no 10. You know, I wasn't, I mean, I was excited that we won, but I wasn't really, really excited because there was a lot of things that we need to work on. As Shelly, you know, we just need to, in key moments, we need to make shots, we need to make free throws. I mean, I can testify with that. I missed my first um, three free throws. But, um, but yeah, we just need to make shots and learn how to close our games. You know, don't let teams like that, you know, come up on us. You know, that can hurt us. It didn't hurt us today, but it can hurt us tomorrow. It, it can hurt us when we play Texas State or any other team. Abina and a chili killing, pointing out some things that they, again, I'm going to use the cliche, they got to clean up. Got to get that cleaned up, right? Some things they got to fix. So you know what you need to fix. How do you go about doing that? What is it? What's the process? What's that look like? How do you fix things? And Obina said it's not necessarily something that you get into the gym and you practice. It's more mental. I don't think it's something that you got to work on. I think it's something that's mental. You know what I mean? It's not physical. It's just some mental. You know, turnovers is, you know, it's just bad decisions that you make. So I just think that, like, we just need to be, don't, when we, when we get, when we get to halftime, we don't need to relax because I feel like we, we relaxed after, you know, instead of, you know, put the, the the foot on the pedal, we just relaxed. That's a candid assessment. I agree with that assessment. First half, you had an outstanding performance. You could have really just put them away. You had to had a battle. You had to fight to keep the lead. You had to – I'm not saying you struggled. You went cold for a while. You still had the game, but I didn't feel like it was – in hand the way I felt a couple of nights ago when the herd played against Louisiana. No energy in that building, by the way. Don't ever complain about Marshall basketball not attracting fans. I don't want to hear that. I mean, Marshall might not have thousands upon thousands at the Cam Henderson Center, but 919 was the reported attendance for the game last night. You go into a Division I game, and there's only 919, and that was reported attendance. You know that was... Not 100% true. There had to be some vacancies there. That's probably tickets out, tickets sold. That's not much, is it? No energy whatsoever. Again, Sunbelt's not necessarily a basketball league these days. It might have started out as such, but it's not a basketball league. It's a football league. And there is there is some hope 
The league is focusing on basketball, trying to improve it, make it a stronger sport. And you can go the transfer portal route, and you can go into the portal anytime and see what's available. You can fix your team, or at least you think you can fix your team. There, there's a situation where players looking for a landing spot, you might have the, the right spot for them, so you can turn these things around. It's easy to fix on paper. Let's go in the transfer portal. We'll get what we need here. You can do that, or at least you have a shot at it. Recruiting, it's not going to be the same. It's definitely not going to be the same. You're going to have to be really good to find a landing spot. If you're hoping to play Division One basketball, you're a high school basketball player, it's going to be a lot harder because schools are not looking at the recruiting as much as they are the transfer portal now. It used to be you recruit your team and develop it. Now, a school like ULM can turn it around, not just in basketball, but football as well. But still some candid thoughts there from Obina and Achille Killen. One thing that I will say about his three-point shot it's gotten better. We'll talk about that when we continue. We'll get your text in as well. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Thursday edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's show with me. We'll take your text this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. From the text line, Paul, this opting out of bowl games just shows how cynical and self-centered today's players are. Can you imagine a player telling Cam Henderson, he was opting out. Henderson would have opted him out of his uniform and made him walk home. I don't know if you could have done that. I don't know what regulations would have been in place to see if you could uh, tell a player to walk home. I don't know if you could do that, but I get the point. Do you imagine? You imagine a player today being told to walk home? Uh, you, yeah, no, you got to walk home. I know Doc said that a couple times. Like, yeah, look, they, they don't win this game. They're, they're going to walk home. Not getting on the bus. You don't win this game. I'll tell you what. It was just different then. Back in my day, right? It was just different then. You didn't have social media. You didn't have a situation where players could go Division One basketball, Division One football. It was not the gigantic money-making thing that it is now. I mean, look, Marshall and Cam Henderson could have won a bowl game, but you know what Cam Henderson does? Takes some of his best players to a basketball game instead because it conflicted with the football game. Back then, you didn't have the, okay, we play football only and we play basketball only players. You, know, you had players that did both. Did you imagine? Could you imagine that? You got to play for a bowl game here, but hey, sorry, uh, I got to go play. Um, I got to play in this basketball tournament for Coach Dan. You know, I know I'm on both teams and yeah, I should do this football game, but yeah, yeah I'm an opt out. I got to go play basketball. Or, of course, you know, Henderson being the, the multi sport coach that he was. You don't see that these days. Who would be a better – I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to probably hear about it, but I'm going to ask the question because it just came across my mind. I got I got to ask. Would Dan D'Antoni be a good football coach, and would Charles Huff be a good basketball coach? Could you imagine what if Charles Huff, the head coach of the football team, was like Cam Henderson and coached basketball as well? What would that look like? And could you imagine Dan D'Antoni – 
the head coach of the Marshall men's basketball team, if he coached football, what would that look like? I'm not asking which one would be better. I'm not, I don't want to get into that argument. It might be fun one day. See how I feel. But could you imagine what would it look like if Dan D'Antoni was coaching football and basketball like a Cam Henderson? What would it look like if Charles Huff was coaching football and basketball like a Cam Henderson? I actually had to explain this once upon a time. We're talking 1991. That's how long I've remembered this. We're at the brand new stadium. We're at Marshall University Stadium. It has just opened up. The Herd going to play its inaugural game. And somebody who I was in class with in the broadcasting program, they weren't a sports person per se, but they weren't someone who's from Huntington either. So they're like, why? Why is the basketball arena named after the football coach? That was a question I got. Okay, okay, let me let me explain this to you. you know, Cam Henderson, he coached football, but basketball, he, he, he's bigger in basketball. That was his thing, but he coached both. That was the question I got, and a lot of people didn't know that. A lot of people didn't know some of the history here. I don't think a lot of people knew about the Tangerine Bowl either. That's why it's important to kind of know these things these days, just kind of have that history, because that was a legitimate question, because, you know— they, Brand new stadium comes up, Cam Henderson's name comes up, and it's like, why, why is the football stadium not named after Cam Henderson? Instead, the basketball arena is named after Cam Henderson. Well, long story here. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll get more of your text in. Thundering Herd getting the win last night on the road against ULM, 68-57. We've been talking a little bit about that. We've been hearing from Dan D'Antoni, Obina, and Achille Killen. One thing is certain about Obina. He says what he feels. He'll throw it out there at times. Absolutely. He'll pop that out there now and then. And when Obina was asked about Texas State, that's the next opponent for the Thundering Herd, Texas State. And what's interesting about Texas State, of course, is that's where transfer Nate Martin came from. Texas State, Marshall, should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. And of course, there's some history there as well between Marshall and Texas State. So you want to You want to get back at Texas State. Now, Obina, he's excited to play Texas State. Let me let him tell you why. I'm kind of excited to play Texas State. The reason why I'm excited to play Texas State is because, number one, we had Nate Martin. I already told him. I've been telling him, and I'm going to tell Coach Jan what we're going to do. We're going to pick and pop Nate Martin and let him shoot a three. That's the first thing that we do. That's our first play that that we run. So the first play that's getting run We've already put it out there. Obina said, we're going to set up Nate Martin. We're going to run a pick. We're going to set up Nate, and Nate's going to take a three. That's a lot of confidence. That's a lot of confidence in Nate Martin to set it up. Not only to set it up, but to telegraph it. Here it is. This is what we're going to do. And Obina, I'll say this. The team is bonded with Nate Martin. He's definitely part of the Thundering Herd now. And Obina is excited for this matchup. He thinks it's going to be one of Texas State's best games, and Marshall's going to have to play well. Nate Martin wants to go out there and play well. And Obina said that the team has got to stand behind their guy. I just think it's it's going to be super exciting. The game is going to be super fun. Texas State, you know, Texas State will come up and, you know, they will play their best. And Nate will want to play his best. And we just need to stand beside Nate and protect him. So that's what we're going to do. But the first play is pick and pop Nate, and he's shooting a three just to put it on, just to put it on Texas uh, Texas State face. And be like, all right, you know he's improving as a player, and you can you guys can testify too. He's improving as a player. 
he's doing some stuff that he ain't doing in uh, Texas State. And he's a really, really awesome kid and a, and a good player, man. That's a pretty strong endorsement from Obina Anicelli Killen about Nate Martin. I love it. I love the moxie there. But would you have done that? Would you have just basically said, hey, look, we're excited for the game and we're going to pick and roll. We're going to set it up. Nate Martin's going to get the first shot. It's going to be a three, and we're going to put it in your face. We're going to put it in your face, Texas State. I I appreciate the gumption there. I appreciate it. You know why? Because the last time you faced off against Texas State, they put it in your face. Let me take you back. We're in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. We're in Pensacola, Florida here. March 4th of 2023, Marshall loses in the first ever Sun Belt Tournament game for the Thundering Herd. 71 to 68. Not only did Marshall miss out on being the number one seed, not only did Marshall miss out on being a team automatically invited to the NIT if the tournament win didn't happen, you didn't get that bid. Not only did Marshall miss out on that, Marshall got eliminated in its opening game in the tournament. So no invitation to the NCAA tournament. You don't win your tournament. You don't get into the NCAA tournament if you're in the Sun Belt. You didn't win the regular season title, and so you don't get to go to the NIT. And, of course, this team and this program decided, look, if it's not the NIT, it's not for us. We're not a program that goes to some of these other, as I've called them in the past, the pay-to-play tournaments. We're not doing that. And I thought that was the right decision. And I've had this argument with a few people who thought that was not the right decision. I think it's the absolute best decision. But I do digress, just to illustrate the point here. Texas State beat you in the tournament, knocked you out, and then we've got Obina coming out and basically saying, look, I'm excited. We're going to play them. They're going to play awesome. We're going to play well. Nate Martin, he's jacked up. we got to protect him, and we're going to put it in their face because Nate Martin transferred from Texas State to Marshall, and now he's part of the Thundering Hurt. I like it, actually. I'm not going to lie to you. When I heard him say it last night, I smiled. I smiled hard. Because I love it. He wasn't being disrespectful. He just basically came out and said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna protect this guy. This is our guy now. He was he was at Texas State. Now he's with us. He's our guy. We're gonna protect him. We're gonna make him look good. And if I'm Nate Martin, you gotta feel good about that. That your guy just goes out there and says that. Not not just saying it in the locker room. Not saying it to Dan. I mean, just put it out there so all of us can talk about it. One of my favorite quotes of the year. I know it's it's only four days in, but standing behind Nate Martin, and they're going to put it in Texas State's face. Did he did he make the right decision by telegraphing that, or should he just should they have just done it and then went, yeah. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our text line. You want to be a part of today's edition of The Drive. We've got a couple more things to hear from Obina and Chili Killen. We'll get into that. We'll get more from you when we continue on this edition of The Drive. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. We got basketball action coming up tonight, 6 o'clock at the Cam Anderson Center. Marshall women are taking on South Alabama. Kim Caldwell trying to get her record pristine and the Sun Belt. We'll see what happens tonight. 
Should be a fun one. That's coming up tonight, 6 o'clock at the Cam Henderson Center. Again, our tum- our phone number, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Yesterday, two Cincinnati Bengals were named to the AFC roster for the upcoming Pro Bowl. That's Jamar Chase and defensive end Trey Hendrickson. Game's going to be in Orlando. Cleveland Browns, a couple of representatives there. Wide receiver Amari Cooper, tight end David Najuk, and um, – They've got a few others as well. Uh, Miles Garrett's down there. I'm not uh, I'm not highlighting the Browns too much. Uh, we still have a game coming up on Saturday. Bengals are in action for the final time this regular season, taking on the Cleveland Browns. That's coming up Sunday. We go on the air at 11.30 a.m. right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Final time for the Bengals and the 2022, 2023-2024 We'll see him again. Final game for the season before the Bengals try to get everybody healthy again and get ready for the draft. We'll have, of course, Super Bowl coming up as well. All of that's going to be right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Text lines 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. One other thing I want to touch on today is um, column today. From the columnist of the Herald-Dispatch, Chuck Landon. I always look forward to reading Chuck, see what he's got to say. And um, I was I was interested to read this one when he said, Changes Needed in Marshall Football. When I saw the title, I was really interested to read what he had to say. And he started out just saying, Marshall University's football program needs changes. And he came up with a laundry list. Chuck's got a list. Do you think there's a disconnect between Marshall football and the community that there's something missing now and it's been that way for a few years, that it's not the same football program that it used to be? Do you think that there's a disconnect because there's some changes? Remember, Doc Holliday was named Conference Coach of the Year, Conference USA, Coach of the Year. The Coach of the Year in Conference USA got let go. The guy... Did a good job, I think. But that's not an issue with Charles Huff. That's, I like Doc Holliday. I'm not going to lie to you. I might not be your favorite person after I say that. But I like Doc Holliday. And so Marshall brings in Charles Huff. Different coach. He's got a different philosophy. I mean, the guy came out and said initially that, look, hey, we're going to change some things. It's not because we think that the other coaching staff just did it wrong. That's just not how we do things. We're not saying it was bad or good. We're just saying that's not how we do things. He basically said it, telegraphed it. Hey, look, we're going to change some things here. We're going to change some things. And so now that Marshall's had some struggles going 6-7 and seven this season, you know, there have been some rumblings, right? I get it. I get it. And a couple of things that Chuck highlighted. And again, I love reading Chuck. Chuck always uh, has something interesting to say. That's why I've been a fan of his for years, other than the fact that he's a Cleveland Browns fan. Can't stand the guy on NFL football Sundays. Or when he shows up to media events dressed up as a Cleveland Browns fan. I can't stand him. Don't want to associate him with it. Other than that, I like Chuck. But do you think the fan base has gotten testy? Fan base has kind of gotten grumbly. You know, um, what about the attendance issue? You know, I know the I know the athletic department's kind of reconfigured what they're doing with the seating. You know, they've created some new seating opportunities you know, in the Joan. First all, the uh, the seating now available for uh, certain patrons of Marshall football, the Sky Deck, 
where the cameras used to be, the sky deck. It's basically where the cameras are. Not not the actual sky deck in the press box, but you know, basically the camera well. There's new seating opportunities there. They're going to be doing some new things with the Shuey building. There's going to be some seating opportunities there. I know eventually they're going to do something with the end zone seating. They've already taken down some so they can put the new scoreboard up. And they're going to take more down as needed because they're going to do something different in that area and kind of create some different opportunities. And so right now you've got several seats that are are covered and tarped. And for some, they don't like the fact that Mount Marshall hasn't had a, you know, a real need for those seats in a long time. So you've got a situation where trying to create some demand. It's supply and demand. I get what they're doing over there. And so I don't know if that's a, a direct result of the fan base dwindling or the fan base is reacting to the fact that, okay, ticket prices are a little different now. Ticket availability is a little different now. And I don't know if there's actual a disconnect as well. Winning fixes everything. If this team was winning, would there be a disconnect? If this team was winning and going to bowl games and winning bowl games or competing for some belt championships or competing for a bid into – a New Year's Six Bowl or, or the playoff now, you know, would there be the feeling of this disconnect? I'm curious. I think Chuck brings up some interesting points and they're worth discussing. So if you haven't read Chuck today, uh, I highly recommend it. I always highly recommend read Chuck, no matter what he has to say. I always recommend reading Chuck because, you know, Chuck has been around the program for a long time. Chuck was here before me. Chuck was here before a lot of us. Chuck was here during the tragedy of the plane crash. Chuck has been around. He's seen a lot. He's gone through a lot, and I really enjoy talking to him, except when he wears all his Cleveland Browns gear. Can't stand the guy. Absolutely can't. He was wearing it the other day. I was nice to him. I talked to him. But he's wearing that Browns stuff. And he won't care. The Bengals could beat the Browns on Sunday. He's going to the playoffs. He'll remind me of that. So, yeah, touche, Chuck. Touche. You got me. You win. That does it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with you tomorrow here on ESPN. 94.1 and AM 930. Get back into the swing of things here. It's been good. Marshall's been winning in basketball. Let's hope that that continues. I'd like to do the rest of the year. You know what? I like doing post-game shows when the Herb wins. I think we all do. It's fun. Dan's in a good mood, even if maybe the team didn't play the way he thought they should. Dan's in a good mood. I mean, not that Dan's ever in a bad mood, but it's fun. Dan's happy. Obina's happy. Everybody's happy. You're happy. I'm happy. We're all getting along. Okay, I don't know if we're all getting along, but it's always good. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate every one of you. Back with you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Retransmitting in Glorious FM on 94.1 W227BS Huntington. This is 930 WRVC Huntington, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting.